0: Poor administration of your lids. (laughs) Educated all (laughs) like Highlanders but with butter sauce.
1: How do you like me now?
0: Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and relive the golden years of kids TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello, Liz. A legend is sung of when England was young,
1: and knights were brave and bold. I won't do the whole thing.
0: Okay.
1: Know that I could. I'm very, very excited. Will? Yes. Why am I so excited?
0: Because this week we're doing one of your favourite movies yep. of all time.
1: One of my favourite movies. Pro- it's it's my favourite Disney movie.
0: Yep. I think that that's without, without doubt. Favorite favorite. Yep. It's it's an absolute classic. It's the Sword in the Stone.
1: They know that, Will. For those people who on...
0: haven't looked at the episode title before they hit play. Oh,
1: maybe they, they do. It's just in their list maybe. and they're like, yeah. you know, it just you, hits them. You've
0: got to bear in mind those, those auto plays, you know, you got you got to bear that in mind.
1: The Sword in the Stone. Yeah. I don't care if it's not your favourite Disney movie, but there are people out there who don't like it. And let me tell you, they're wrong. <laughs> this is an amazing film. Do you know what I like about it? Everything. Everything. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to do any preamble. I just want to get straight into it. All
0: right. Well, let's start. Let's get into it. First thing I want to talk about is that song. You gave us a little hit of it. Yeah. Because this is this is old school Disney with the classic storybook opening. It
1: starts with a storybook. I. You don't get better than this. No.
0: There must be something in the way they film them as well, because they are... It is like a physical book in real life, Yeah. but it looks almost beyond animated. In that it, you know, it opens. I don't know. It just doesn't what look does real. Mean? It doesn't look real. It is real, it is but it real. doesn't look real. It looks like an artificial. Like I don't know. It looks animated, but it's like okay. Here is what we can do. This is like you know, amazing CG animation of a book being opened, and we're going to go to like flat cell shading. But it just I don't know. The books for me, they always they're so they're so golden and so bright and so guilt that they just don't look like real books.
1: Are you saying that you'd prefer it if everything was animated in the style of the book?
0: Not at all. I'm, this is, let me get clear. This is not a criticism. Right. right? This, is just, this is just an observation. I was going to
1: say, don't open with a criticism. No. How no. dare you? No. Everything about this opening gets me excited. The yeah. book, the, the look of the book, the opening, the song...
0: The song, the singer. I don't know who the singer is. They no. really go for it.
1: It's like a, a um, balladeer, um, a madrigal. What is it? Yes.
0: What yeah. do you call them? A bard.
1: The illustrations are proper like jewel tones, like really deep purpley blues, rich, rich colours, meant to be illustrated like one of those like really old medieval books. Like you see, Bibles like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like the Bayer Tapestry, but better.
1: But better, exactly. Everything
0: about this is better. I've seen the Bayer Tapestry this arguably better quality yes well i mean maybe it's an age thing maybe i'm holding the bayou tapestry up to unrealistic standards i think you might be but this looked good what would you
1: give the bayou tapestry out of 10
0: i was quite young when i saw it yeah so i didn't appreciate what it was the
1: significance
0: yeah exactly the historical significance of it all i knew was it's a big ass tapestry yeah like when you see it all laid out in in uh you know, in a museum behind the glass. It is impressive of how long it is, yeah. right? But at the same time... You prefer Sword in the Stone? I do. It's it's too long, really. It's it's too long. And and the colours... Too long? I mean, it's, it might be an age thing. The colours are quite dull. I'm just, you know, I'm... I, I mean, I would give it probably a solid 7 out of 10.
1: Okay, that's for the, fair.
0: For the Bayeux Tapestry. Um,
1: what would you give the title sequence of the Sword in the Stone?
0: Well, I mean, I'd give that an, e- an easy 9
1: good absolutely absolutely i agree yeah anything under nine you're messing me around
0: much more compact hits those keynotes yeah and and to be honest the Bayer tapestry could do with a song to accompany it
1: oh yeah yeah the soundtrack to the Bayer tapestry the
0: sound it's i mean it's a million seller in the making Mm. the Bayer tapestry original soundtrack
1: i think you can find that online actually i think somebody has done that and i think it's um just um jolene but with a glockenspiel
0: Oh right! I think that's
1: that's out there. The people that know, no. So yeah, you got you you have these amazing drawings of um, this, you know, backstory to King Arthur. Yes, where um,
0: Uther Pendragon.
1: Well, he's not named.
0: Yes, he is. It's in the it, no, not in the song. In the book, it says Uther in, Pendragon. Y-
1: yes, if you're reading the rest of the book. Yeah. Because the singer doesn't sing out all the lines, that are, but. You're a kid watching this. You're not reading Uther Pendragon. Yep. Don't, don't get into the history of it. We haven't got time. There's right. too much to get through. We haven't got time for Uther Pendragon. We've
0: already been on the Bay of Tapestry.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, so the backstory is that this sword was meant to be, um, to settle the argument of who's going to be the rightful king of all England. It's in this stone, which is actually an anvil. Um, yes. Don't get into it. Don't get into it. Um.
0: <laughs> and it I mean, maybe it's a stone anvil.
1: And no one's been able to pull it out, and it, it, I've just realised there's humour in that. Um,
0: well, there's even <laughs> more humour when you when you realise in the, the the voiceover at the start describes the sword, and because it appeared magically, and it says below the hilt, <laughs> um, words appear on it. Yes. That I mean, now the, can you remember the words that are written on the sword in the stone um, sword?
1: I think it's like. Whoso pulleth out this sword is right wise king of all England.
0: Yes, I think it's similar. that. the The one I had a problem with was well, uh, "whoso" and "pulleth." Oh, "pulleth." Pulleth. I don't believe pulleth this makes a you thing. giggle. Uh, well, no, I think I think it's like when they put "ye oldie," yes. you know, like on, onto pubs and stuff. It's like, no, it's not "ye oldie" at all. You just added that on. "Pulleth" again. I don't think you need an "f" on the end. Also, disagree. I don't think whoso is a word.
1: Does it Does it actually say whoso? I yes. might have made that up. It
0: says whoso as one word, W-H-O-S-O, which is just whos with a mistype.
1: Well, you know, nobody said that it was historically accurate. I'm not looking at this for historical accuracy. No,
0: no, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just... I, it does sound oldie worldy but... And, you know, it is the dark ages, so maybe I've got too much of an expectation on correct... Uh, you know, spelling, punctuation, and grammar, but whoso pulleth just struck a, struck something in me that said, no, I don't think that's right.
1: Whoso pulleth out this sword of this stone and anvil is rightwise king born of England.
0: Okay, well, I like the fact they acknowledge that the anvil is not actually the stone.
1: The stone and anvil. So it's it's through right through an anvil into a stone. Okay, so that settles all of that. It's written right there on the sword, mm-hmm. right? That settles that. No more arguments about that. Thank you. you. Done.
0: You know, at a Disneyland, it may even be all the Disneyland's, there is a replica where you can actually go and attempt to pull the, the sword I out of the stone.
1: I did, I've never seen one, but I did find that out because in doing some like casual uh, research for this episode, I realised that um, everyone po- posts a video on TikTok of themselves pulling this sword and there was apparently some issue where the sword went missing in one of the disney
0: i mean, that's incredible because i believe it to be a single cast piece of like steel.
1: no no it is possible to pull the sword oh it's i think it's like a magic trick where you actually have to sort of like push it instead of pull but oh. it can be pulled
0: you mean like a like a filler cap on a car like the petrol flap you have to push it in to get it to release it's
1: something like that okay so it's a trick.
0: I'm going to have to try that.
1: We have to get to a Disney first. But yeah, um, I'd never encountered one. I think I've only been to a Disney... I've been to Disneyland Paris Mm -hmm. once, and we spent the entire time in the queue for the toilet because my sister had (laughs) some sort, (laughs) sort of issue where she immediately needed the toilet on entering Disney Park, and then we would get in the queue, really long time in the queue... And then when she got in the toilets, she had like performance anxiety and couldn't wee. Oh so then we'd have queued for ages because the queues are always massive in Disney, even for the toilets. And she'd get there and she'd be like, "I can't go," because she was very small. And so, um, yeah, then we would come out again, and then straight away she'd be like, "I need to go."
0: I, I really think it's, it, listeners, I hope, will get a <laughs> sense of how much this sums up your family. <laughs> You went to Disneyland Paris and spent the entire time queuing for the toilets.
1: I only remember two things: queuing for the toilets, and how much my dad hated it's small.
0: <laughs> it's small as hell. I think we've spoken about that before. I think we have. See, I have been to Disneyland Paris and didn't queue for the toilets all day. I've also, I have been to Disney World, so I have seen the Saw and the Stone. I did. Attempt to lift the sword and stone. You have to do it, but I didn't think to push down and click it out. Well,
1: I don't know that that's the actual trick, but I I saw that people have been able to do it.
0: Okay, well, I mean, to be honest, that explains why it's gone missing. I think that to me seems like a massive security flaw to actually have it be removable. You know, you don't need it to be removable. The sword, why? Why does it need to be removable? Why should you have a weapon?
1: Yeah, but. If you're going to challenge people that they can pull a sword from a stone, and they're going to say to you, "Is it actually possible?" You need it to be possible. It's don't not to you?
0: test your strength machine. It's like there's a bit of Disneyland where there's like they've done like a miniature version of that graveyard. All
1: right. Well, then maybe you can't pull it out, and maybe somebody just nicked it. Maybe they just they just like whatever not angle, angle, grinder. angle grinder just angle ground it off the top and i've got the wrong end of the stick i don't know i'm just saying i was confronted with a lot of tiktoks you know i get confused by tiktok
0: <laughs> i just love the idea that it is actually like a test just trying to machine like roll up roll up pull the sword from the stone like, well that's you, what you i try. assumed you sir you should try and then um
1: that's what I assumed. Is that so crazy to assume that? I'm usually not that gullible. Have I been drawn in because this is my favorite movie?
0: Yeah, I think you have, I think oh, you have a little bit. Okay. I mean, I I think it's I definitely
1: just... would have tried really hard to get the sword from
0: the stone. Well, everyone does. Okay, everyone does. Yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, I think you've been you've been suckered in a little bit. There. Oh no. Anyway, so that sets the scene for it. It's England, it's the dark ages, there's a sword and a stone. There's no king of England.
1: But the marvelous sword was forgotten. Because, you know, nobody pulls it. So, it's overgrown in a graveyard. Mm -hmm. And then we zoom into this world and straight away, they're they're trying to get you frightened. Yeah. This was a dark age, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're in a dark forest talking about- you know, like, man's cruelty to man in these dark ages. What a terrible time. What a terrible time. You're like, oh, it's spooky. I'm getting afraid. Yeah. Ooh.
0: It's excellent scene setting, they do.
1: And then what do we do? Just see Merlin farting about as well. Just like that. It's <laughs> This is comedy. This is comedy, guys. I'm going to say that a lot. I'm going to say that a lot because I think <laughs> I think this film taught me everything I know about comedy. Oh, wow. I don't think I've learned anything since.
0: Okay. Okay. The, wow. and they do the
1: switcheroo on you. They set the scene and then they switch it up, and it, it's Merlin, and he's pulling the bucket out of the well, and he gets water all over him, and he goes, "Oh, this infernal beard!" And I just love it. I, that when I was a kid was the funniest thing in the world
0: to me. I mean, this—you this don't even understand, do you? No, I mean, this is this is quite a quite a revelation, though, because I think you and I have both studied comedy. Um, yes, okay. Th- that
1: that really sounds pretentious. <laughs> I legitimately have a degree in stand-up comedy. You do. Which is dreadful.
0: <laughs>
1: because I'm not a stand-up comedian. It's just like I'm just somebody who got a degree at it
0: <clears throat> but you have done stand-up comedy I have comedy. done it you have done stand-up. that's the important thing you have done stand-up comedy but the point I get into you, there are lots of books on the theory of why we laugh and why jokes are funny oh yeah yeah and there's so many different theories yeah breaking
1: t- jokes apart and how they work and that sort of thing yep. yeah yeah and
0: all things of status play something else and, and Yeah,
1: and no, I did a four-year degree. Yeah, so for I... me to claim everything I know about comedy came from this film is quite a big claim.
0: That That is amazing, because oh, I, yeah. I, I'd, I'd love one of those books just to be, Sword and Stone, watch it, there you go, done. All you need to know, it's in there.
1: Yeah, no, no. I just, I think your sense of humour is set earlier on than people realise, and I think mine was set with this, and I've just not updated it. And Definitely. speaking of comedy, right, one mm-hmm. of my favourite characters of all time, Archimedes the Owl.
0: One of the best animated characters ever.
1: They did a lot of owls back in the day, didn't they? They did. I feel like there were owls. I
0: feel like owls... There's an
1: owl in Sleeping Beauty. Yes. There's an owl in Fox and the Hound. Let's not mention it. Too sad.
0: There's an owl in um, Jason and the Argonauts. Different thing. Different thing.
1: I'm I'm talking about Disney movies. I'm not saying just owls from the past. What is this?
0: I'm sorry did you say there's an owl in Jason the Argonauts. That's the only owl you could think of. I'm thinking of owls back there. I mean the the thing is, I think owls went downhill. I when think,
1: when do you think owls peaked?
0: I think owls peaked probably with Archimedes. That's that's peak, 1963
1: this movie was. Peak
0: Owl, that's right? Peak it was owls. in the sixties. Yeah. Okay. Then they start trying to make different things. So, you know, but Jason the Argonauts, then it's that's that's a like a, a clockwork like mechanical owl. Right. Right. And then you go all the way down to the legend of the guardians, the owls of Gahul. <laughs> <laughs> right? Owl owls as warriors. No, 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 no. No one's on no board. No one that. wanted that. No. no one's on board for that. Right. That's that's that I think is the low point.
1: That's oh, how far they've fallen. That's the nadir.
0: That's the nadir of owls. Right. Is is the legends of Gahul or whatever <laughs> it's called.
1: A film that n- nobody knows the full title of, yet somehow you've remembered it. Yep. Have you even seen that film?
0: No, I've seen the trailer, and the trailer always sticks in my head, because it's very bad CG owls wearing helmets, which I don't think owls need to wear helmets, anyway. Um,
1: I'm just going to tell you right now, Yep. there's no way we're going to make it through the whole of this film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter about the Owls of Gahool. All you need to know is it's a low point.
1: Let's go back to the high point, Archimedes. Yes. Who introduces himself by going, whoo, whoo,
0: whoo, <laughs>
1: which is funny because he's an owl. Yes. Again, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a perfect little sidekick for Merlin because Merlin is a powerful wizard, but he's scatty. Mm. Whereas Archimedes is a highly educated owl. And he, um, so he, he's the one who kind of keeps it together and has a bit of common sense and whatever. Um, So Merlin is telling him the prophecy, Mm -hmm. which is that he knows somebody is going to crash into his cottage today and this is someone he's going to take under his mentorship and um, they're going to be important. Now, we don't know at this stage whether Merlin knows why he's going to be important. I assume he does, right? but he's not telling Archimedes and he's not telling us, the viewer.
0: I have a question about Archimedes. Yes. Now, he is an educated owl. Where has he gained this intelligence? Do you think, I think, has Merlin enchanted Archimedes?
1: Yes. I believe that Merlin has given Archimedes the power of speech. Right. But when they ask, oh, you've got him under a spell, they're kind of implying that they've made him, uh, you know, like made a man into an owl or something. Mm. Like, you know, like he's under a bad spell you know some 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 p- person is trapped in this owl
0: right okay but
1: when merlin says no i think that's because he has merely enabled archimedes to speak
0: right okay with well, you because i didn't i didn't assume that archimedes was under like an evil spell or a curse or something
1: no no when i'm saying that um serector presumes
0: that right okay see yeah there's levels in this film that you picked up on that I oh,
1: I have watched this film so many times
0: <laughs> but Archimedes is fantastic and I love the fact he's cantankerous because he's cantankerous Merlin's quite grumpy
1: And I love people who are grumpy. Yes. So again, this is why I love this film. Everybody's (laughs) in a mood all the
0: time. It's famously known that you're not a fan of chirpy people.
1: No, and there's almost nobody in this
0: that is happy. That's true, actually. I haven't thought of that. Almost every character... It's the Dark Ages. Why would anyone be happy? Exactly. Yeah. Good. I mean, this is supposed to be England in July, and it's permanently pouring with rain.
1: Well, that is accurate.
0: Yeah, and freezing cold. But yeah, we're introduced then, through vision, we see... Two characters coming through. One of them's a big galumphing brute. Yes. And one of them is a regular little grasshopper.
1: Scrawny little fella, about 11 or 12. Yes. That is Wart, as we know him. Mm-hmm. Um, Out um, archerying. What do they call it? Shooting? Not. What's, what's arrows called?
0: <laughs> uh, hunting?
1: Hunting. Let's go with hunting. <laughs> out hunting deer with K. Yes. Who is Sir Hector's son? Right now, War isn't really adopted by them, is he? He's just in their household.
0: Yeah, I think he's. So he's... it's not
1: really his brother, or a lot of It's just you know.
0: Yeah, I th- I think like Sir Ector is like a minor, like l- like lord or like landlord. Yeah, and um, well, he's yeah. a knight. He's he's a knight. Yes, and
1: uh, this is feudal times, isn't
0: yeah, it? Yes, so he he'll own a tract of land, and all the people families living on there will have to pay him.
1: We d- we did history. Yeah, they had yeah. the feudal triangle, didn't they? Do you remember that?
0: Uh, Yes, everything goes upwards to the to the crown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's it's a pyramid. It's the ultimate pyramid. The original pyramid scheme.
1: The multi level marketing of um, the Dark Ages. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. you know, you have king feudalism. You recruit three subjects. They recruit three subjects. They recruit three subjects. And in seven rounds, you've enslaved the entire world. That's how it works. Oh, it got dark so quickly (laughs) as these things do. Yes, let's move on. I love the way though when when Kay talks, he's his entire ma- his mouth seems to come the same size as his head. Yes, and he really elongates his words. So when he's like lining up a shot on this deer, he goes "quiet what? and Quiet. his ho- whole his mouth opens like he's a bullfrog. It's-
1: yeah, great character. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me you're going in there. It's
0: great because he he knocks he knocks k shot. The arrow goes off into the woods, and he goes off after the arrow.
1: Walt goes off after it, because he's full of enthusiasm, this boy. Like, he arguably is the happiest character, even though he's got a shit life.
0: Well, so he's not. I think his enthusiasm is kind of tempered, in this case, by the fact that Kay is swinging for him with a bow.
1: Yeah, but he's he's always up for whatever, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, it's, it's, it's up for it in the sense that he's also terrified of Kay. That's why he's, he's, yeah, he's scared of it. Kay,
1: but he could run off instead of running after the arrow. But he wants to please Kay.
0: Yeah, again feudal system. This is this is the problem. It's you know, the you know, the bosses have all the power.
1: Anyway, Wart runs into the forest. Kay doesn't follow him because he says it's swarming with wolves. <laughs> um, and a wolf does follow um Wart. Yep. Who he, the wolf is a character in this, but never acknowledged by any of the others. Um, never really, you know becomes a thing just sort of some comic relief we'll talk about him in a minute but yeah so wart drops in through merlin's roof yes thatched roof and as he drops in we hear him make a sound which is repeated several times in the movie and i've always been obsessed with okay because as he falls he says and let me try and get this right i'll try and get it on the first go right he falls and he goes whoa what whoa Do you know what I mean?
0: I know exactly the noise I made it
1: sound a bit more like Crash Bandicoot than I intended to. (laughs) Whoa, what, whoa. It's like a catchphrase. And I've always been obsessed with that sound.
0: Because this isn't the only movie it turns up in. It turns up all over the place in these kind of... Does it? I think so, in these Disney movies of the time. I
1: don't think so. I think it's just this one.
0: Well, because they recycled all the cell-shaded animations and things.
1: There's a lot of recycling in this film. Yeah. Yeah the um dragon is very much like maleficent's dragon i think i think there's some images of the dogs that are from another movie um Sir Ector's dogs and then there's Sir Ector, when he's covered in snow looks like a walrus and reminds me exactly of the walrus in uh, alice in wonderland
0: yeah and and um when they when merlin's a fish yeah um he to me he looks Exactly like the codfish from Knobs and Broomsticks.
1: Oh, he does look a bit like that codfish. Yes, yeah. he does, yeah.
0: Yeah, especially with the glasses and the way the the, fa- the fish fat face moves. Um,
1: anyway, we've got to get through this, right? Yeah. I, I love the little scene where Merlin and, you know, Walt speak for the first time, and Archimedes is there just sat observing things, and Wart says, what a perfect stuffed owl, and tries to, like, poke him, and um I love love all Archimedes' little noises that he makes. (laughs) Stuffed, stuffed, how do you? (laughs) I love all that.
0: Oh, he's fantastic, Archimedes. I love when he gets offended and um, I think Merlin's like, look, we've got to talk to the boy. And he goes, boy, boy, I see no boy.
1: (laughs) And he shuts himself in his little house. Yes. And then they offer him tea and just a leg comes out to grab the (laughs) teacup. Everything about it I adore. One of my favourite characters that has zero lines doesn't even have a face. Right, The Sugar Bowl. Yes.
0: With you, 100% the official Sugar Bowl. <laughs>
1: the Sugar Bowl has so much personality, despite not having lines, emotions, a <laughs> face. it does have emotions. It's very grumpy. Yeah. Again, grumpiness is the theme of the film.
0: Definitely. I mean, I think this is this is such a, a, a well-done little character. Yeah. For not having any dialogue. There's a bit in um, Rick and Morty where Rick creates a butter robot Right. which has the same kind of energy, but this one does speak. Mm. And um, when he asks it what its purpose is, he says, you deliver butter, that's your purpose. Mm. And he has an existential crisis. He's right. like, oh my God, what is my life? But Yes, it's-
1: see, without any lines, that sugar bowl, you can tell, is more than a sugar bowl. Yep. He thinks he's the leader of the tea set.
0: Absolutely he does, yeah. He's, he's banging them into line later on.
1: Yeah, yeah, when they do the packing song. Mm-hmm. The Hickatus, Pickatus... Booker to Swack. I've seen it so Book, many times. Booker to swag. I don't know what he says. I've seen it so many times, but these words don't go in.
0: So it's very quick, though, that he decides, right, we're off. The
1: boy's got to go, so Merlin's going with him. Yep. But if I could pack that quickly, I might be more mobile. Oh, yeah, completely. Let me tell you what I love, right? Okay. So the sugar the sugar bowl is you know he's, he's causing a ruckus mm-hmm. in the little objects that are bobbing along into they're shrinking as they go into the bag right and merlin sees all this coming and he knocks everything out of the way and he goes see here sugar boy you're getting rough this old tea set is cracked enough because he's in the song right okay and after he does he walks away and the sugar bowl gives it one more elbow <laughs> He does. i love that i love that because when you're a kid you like naughtiness don't you yeah and that sugar bowl has, has got a proper telling off but he's still not really falling into line i love that yeah that's characterization he's, he's great again we're learning about comedy we are.
0: so they're off their way they get back to the castle and we okay, meet
1: there's loads just on, on the way mm-hmm. this is where the wolf is you know pursuing them the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great part because he's they're sort of they're talking about the plot. So there's a lot of exposition coming through, you know, um, you should have schooling and he's talking about having brains. And there are little jokes in there in there again, you know, he says you've got to have a direction, meaning in life. But it's at that point that he realizes he hasn't asked Wart where they live. Yes. So he's going totally the wrong way. And all the time the wolf is following them and you and so, if you aren't that, if you're a very small child and you aren't that engaged with everything that he's saying, you're at least watching all this physical humour that the wolf is giving. And um, they go all the way up this hill, and the wolf that has been getting knocked about, you know, every time they push a tree branch back, the wolf gets it. And whatever, he goes up this hill and manages to, you know, get them. And then he sees they're going the other way. He does the the best exhaustion noise I've ever heard because he does this kind of wheezing breathing of... <laughs> I love that. And then he ends it with...
0: <laughs> because he's utterly exhausted. It's a really clever way of actually moving the story on but keeping kids engaged.
1: Yes. Then we get to the castle. One, one of my favourite characters ever, Sir Ector.
0: Sir Ector is, is fantastic.
1: I just love how fat he is. Mm-hmm. He thrust this huge stomach at Merlin to try and intimidate him and Merlin's like you know the skinniest sort of character um, but obviously not intimidated by this but I love this sort of stomach barging at him
0: I do like an enormous man in films
1: you're coming around to my way of thinking
0: <laughs> I think yeah just just a great a great kind of character trope to have because yeah the whole thing if you if someone's going to throw their weight around which he does
1: literally you yeah. want
0: them to literally be able to throw their weight oh, around oh god yes
1: absolutely there's,
0: I can't remember what film it is now but there's um, another character that's a similar thing and he uses his belly to kind of barrel someone out of the way in telling them off it might be it might be um, Robin Hood with uh, Little John the bear and he's using his belly to barrel someone out of the way
1: yes it could be again it's one of my favourites
0: yeah what introduces Merlin, or Marvin, as Sarek refers to him.
1: Yeah, Sarek calls him Marvin.
0: And I love Sarek kind of leans in and goes, you don't go in for any of that uh, black magic, do you? Just in this way of like... look at Well, he
1: is afraid of him, isn't he? He's yeah, like, he is. He's definitely afraid of the magic. Because, you know, Merlin isn't humble. He says, I happen to be the world's most powerful wizard. hmm you know, and when asked to prove it, he causes this blizzard that goes all over Hector. Kay isn't impressed though is he?
0: Kay's not impressed with anything. Kay yeah. is one of the least impressed people ever committed to celluloid. yeah all he wants is to sit in a chair and eat a gnaw on a chicken bone and then throw that bone away. That's yes, in that classic medieval style all all meat eaten must be eaten off the bone. Oh God, yeah. with the bone held in one hand
1: yeah, you got um, you've got to do it right.
0: Yep, and then you just end up with the bone completely clean and you throw the bone away.
1: I like that Hector cause straight away he gets rid of Wart. He says, you know, off to the cook and, you know, four demerits. We hear about the demerits system. Yes. So Wart is late, so he gets four demerits, which is four extra hours cleaning. And then when Archimedes is introduced, Merlin says that he's a highly educated owl, so to which Hector says, educated owl! <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, just... I hear it in my dreams. Anyway, and then, yeah, he tries to call him Marvin. Gets this demonstration of magic and is somewhat convinced. Mm-hmm. But still, I think, wants to try his way around and is sort of like, you know, you ought to get out of here. And Merlin just goes, puff, right, I'm gone. But how will you know I'm gone?
0: Yes, and he's doing this this disembodied voice. And then they get very worried and decide, actually, yes, they'll put him up in the West Tower,
1: Northwest Tower, Northwest
0: Tower, which you know, it's seen better days.
1: Absolutely, fall into bits.
0: Sunny July, July weather—you'll be absolutely fine. And of course, what happens? A to torrential downpour.
1: Yeah, we see Merlin in there putting umbrellas out of the holes. which
0: I love. I love as a great little bit of like boop, boop, all these little umbrellas popping out, and also moving. He's moving pots around to catch the waters coming through, and we get great character—the sugar bowl back.
1: Yes, Sugar Bowl put... does not want any water. No.
0: Nope. So he's just... for
1: sugar, so he's bailing it out. <laughs>
0: Spoons all the water then puts his hat on, still sits there with the water dripping all over him. Archimedes has a line here. Yeah. When when Merlin's going through, so Merlin's like, oh, they're going to try and get rid of me, and it's not going to work. And Archimedes is sort of um, says... Where are we? The most miserable castle in all Christendom.
1: Yeah. Which
0: just great. Just great language to throw into a film for children.
1: I was going to say, I love the language. Because we, what was it that we watched the other week, they said the word disconsolately. And I was amazed. Paddington, I think, had yes. that word in it. But yeah, I, I love when films have this sort of archaic language. Because it is supposed to be the medieval times. Mm. Although, saying that, the next character arrive. I don't think I got his name for about the first four, five, well, let's say 50
0: watches.
1: (laughs) Because he's, um, he says, he turns up at the, you know, um, drawbridge or whatever, and he says, it's Pelinor, dash it all, it's Pelinor, dash it all. And it's like, what are those sounds you're making? And he's saying, it's Pelinor. Yes. Dash it all. It's Pelinor, but it just sounds all too similar. I've got big news from London. Big, big, news. News. big news. He has a habit of repeating things. He
0: does, yes. He, he repeats himself. Uh, so Pelinor, Pelinor uh, is...
1: I, I just have to say there's a little line in here that I fact-checked because yeah. Merlin says he's trying to convince Archimedes to go down and listen in so that they can know what the big news is, despite the fact that he's a wizard, so presumably he could just apparate. Mm-hmm. or whatever um,
0: he's busy umbrellas. he's bailing out the tower
1: he says well I have big news from London I can't wait for the London Times first edition won't be out for mm, 1200 years so I thought that is a long time mm-hmm. I need to fact check that okay so would you like to have a guess when this is set and when the first edition of the London Times is out?
0: Well, I believe the London Times is one of those papers that started in like the 1700s. Right. So I would guess 1,200 years back from there, that would put this at like 500 AD. Yeah. Um, which I think is earlier than I thought. I thought this was around like 1066, you know, around yes. this, the Hastings sort of time.
1: Yeah. No, um, first edition of the Times was seventeen eighty five.
0: Oh, I was close.
1: So you're correct with that, and yeah, Arthur. Mm. So n- Arthur is a mythological figure, and there may have been a real Arthur. Right. But he might not necessarily have been a king. He might have been just a leader of, you know, because it's before really anything's established. But he was from around the 5th or 6th century. Okay. So the the correct, you know, time to say 1,200 years before the times would be out. Okay. But I don't think I appreciated that that's how old Arthur was meant to be. Like you, I think I thought he was just before um, 1066. But I think before 1066... There was, there is a long period where we do know who the kings were. All yes, Ethelreds and whatever
0: Ethelfleds and yeah, because that's the, the you've got all the history around sort of the Danish invasions and, and the Vikings. I don't think over we and, do
1: very good ancient history at our schooling,
0: well, do we? I feel like this is a thing. Like I think our parents' generation when they went to school had to learn like the succession of kings. You had to learn all the kings and queens going back, you know, to Edward the First and stuff like that, and. Do you, no you think they mean, did? Yeah, I, I think. I think, think they did.
1: If I asked either of my parents, they would have an actual clue.
0: No, they wouldn't. But I think they That's would have studied it at the parents, time. That's based on my parents, not them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. If you asked them to recite in the Latin they learned at school, yes, they they wouldn't have that. If you know, but my my dad, you know, he he can still talk about stuff he learned at school. He showed me before his uh, logarithm book.
1: I've I've heard tell of the logarithms.
0: So yeah, before you had the calculator, yeah. you had to look at you had a slide rule and then a logarithm book, so You could work out all your mathematical functions based off this. You know, you work off the slide rule and then look it up in the book to reference it and work it out that way. Mm. So manual calculation using a massive list of numbers mm. rather than obviously no 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 digital cal- no Casio scientific instrument calculator. Yeah. Did you have that one that had the flip case and then folded over onto itself?
1: I had a sliding case.
0: Okay, like because I had one that like you slid it down. And then folded it over. No, kind of like the sword in the stone. You had to pull it down to get it lift up.
1: No, I had one that slid entirely off. And then at the end of, the, and we all brought the same one. So at the end of the lesson, everybody would try and match them up again. And people would be like, you know, why, why, Where's mine gone? Mine was right here, and somebody would have put it on the wrong calculator. And... Why?
0: Why were we handing round your calculators?
1: No, we weren't. But I'm saying you you slide the lid off. Yeah, it's entirely separate. So you leave it on your desk, and the person next to you picks yours up, and then you've got like a a, an issue.
0: This just seems like just mass poor administration of your lids. Like you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, well, it was a girls' school, but (laughs) what I meant by that was girls steal.
0: even, even scientific calculator lids.
1: Teenage girls, I don't know why, but they have this thing where I think they just want to steal. And they like, you know, everybody was going into um, steal makeup and steal sweets and stuff.
0: Wow. Well, I think I...
1: it's because you're so, like, I didn't. I honestly, not I'm not saying that because I want some sort of praise. I'm just too boring. I, I, and I was definitely then. I think I would now. But anyway, um, don't let me out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's because there's so many rules.
0: I don't think there was so much theft when, among my friends when I was at school. No. Um, no. Always
1: got other things that they do. They do vandalism. Yeah, I mean, we didn't... Minor do... vandalism. Yeah,
0: we didn't... I didn't vandalise anything, but... Um... Uh,
1: I didn't do it myself. Okay. <laughs> Both of us are like goody shoes.
0: Yeah. But and I, I, there's a little bit in there, though, I love. Before he sends Archimedes down, when he's trying to get Archimedes to come out of the house... And Ar- and he just pokes the stick in and rattles it around. You see Archimedes in there dodging the stick, yeah. sitting in about three inches of water, going, no, no, no. Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Nope,
1: nope, nope. Yeah, amazing. I just love that Al.
0: It, uh, Any
1: scene with Archimedes, I'm on board.
0: One before that he goes like, go down and have a look. He's like, No. But that's the way he says it. It's just like, no.
1: Yeah. Like when you're trying to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Nope. Nope.
0: nope. So we've we've met really our principal characters in here. In yeah. this, this is what we've we've got.
1: Well, so shouldn't we say what the big news from London is? Of
0: course, big news from London. I'd forgotten.
1: Big news from London. New Year's Day. So we're in the month of July. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of time. New Year's Day there's going to be a tournament, and whoever wins the tournament goes the crown. So now this is a a medieval style tournament where they do jousting. Yes, and then with the swords and whatever. What do you call that sort of thing? Just a tournament. It's.
0: it's I think they call it a tourney. I think that's the. Really? Yes. You just made that up. No, no. I is that what it's... they call it in the West Country? No, I believe it's called a tourney. It's you know like like tournament, but ends like T O U R N E Y.
1: I wish I hadn't asked because that's definitely not true. I've never heard of that before. I
0: look it up after this, and, and I guarantee you, it's true.
1: And so they are going to enter K because what they need to do is get K knighted. Yes. And then he's going to enter. So he's potentially got the ability. To become King of England at this stage, and he is thoroughly unimpressed as per usual could not
0: give a shit he, he said
1: he says pretty fair prize i'd say yeah couldn't give a toss that's his line about potentially becoming the king of all
0: potentially England. becoming all you've got to do is win this tournament beating the best knights in England, yeah, and you could you'll be king, you will have King, kingdom, you will be the king.
1: But in contrast, and here's where I say about enthusiasm, Watt is so excited that he might be able to squire 4K Mm -hmm. that he drops all of the plates. Yes. He's so excited. He can't wait just to be the squire.
0: Yep. Slips downstairs, drops all the plates, everyone laughs. Whoa, what, whoa. (laughs) Yes, it's another whoa, what, whoa. So that's the setup, then, basically. Yeah that Watt is, is going to be K Squire, and when he's not training to be K Squire or clearing up his demerits, Merlin is going to teach him, educate him in the ways of things. Yeah. Now, it does feel a little bit like Merlin's education is somewhat lacking. Yes. I, the man's got the knowledge. I'm not sure he's a natural teacher because he takes him through a series of scenarios. And I think just part of it is trying to to spark his imagination because i think if you're an imaginative person you are better you you're better equipped to be a leader
1: if you're an imaginative person you're better equipped to be a leader absolutely i would say not true based on every artist i've ever met qu- some of whom are quite odd and shouldn't be in charge of anything being a leader right mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say it, but it is probably best left to these apprentice types because I certainly can't be bothered to be anyone's leader.
0: Okay. Well, in that case, let's.
1: What can I, can I just say? I don't know what you're talking about. I I get that this education is lacking because what he essentially does is turns him into different animals. Yes. For a little bit. Yeah. But I think what he's trying to do is to inspire. Different ways of looking at the world. So the way a fish approaches things is different to the way a squirrel approaches things. He's inspiring a love of the natural world and of lateral thinking. So if you are suddenly in the body of a fish, you you have to you have to think differently. Why are you why are you grimacing? Be- is what I said, so much stupider than what you no, said.
0: No, what you said is completely true. I think the problem I have is that it's it's the phrase. If you suddenly find yourself in the body of a fish... Yes. Like, that's ever going to happen when he's king? No,
1: no. I'm not going to... Well, it does happen. Exactly. It does happen. I'm not saying that he's training him for a time when he might get turned into a fish. (laughs) That's absurd. I'm saying, if you find yourself in the body of a fish, as in, that's what he does to this kid, Mm -hmm. right... You, your mind is expanded by you having to problem-solve
0: as an entirely new creature. I agree completely, and this is what I'm saying. It, it's, it's imagination, it's thinking outside the box, it's approaching things from a different worldview. World the issue I have is this is the Dark Ages, right? Right, And if you put this kid on the throne, spoiler alert, that's what we're heading for, you put this kid in a position of power, yeah. and someone puts a quandary to him, and he goes, hmm, this reminds me of the time I was a fish. They are going to... Kill him. They're gonna go, no, he is I, crazy. I object.
1: I object. The total opposite. This is exactly the time where that stuff would really play well. But like, wow, when you were a fish. Yes, because the great wizard Merlin turned me into a fish. Wow, please tell us of all your adventures as a fish. This is the time when you could get away with that Can shit. Can he
0: turn me into a fish? He's quite busy now.
1: Well yeah, exactly. He can't just turn anyone, I'm the king,
0: right? <laughs> I, this, isn't gonna, this is not going to inspire a revolution. If he says to people, this is my court wizard. He is capable of amazing acts. He turned me into a fish and into a bird. He can change his shape. He can change his size. He can become anything. He can travel anywhere. He knows the past, present, and future. Or, what can he do for me? Whoa, nothing for you. Calm down. Calm yourself down. I'm the chosen one. You can scrub some pots. That's, that's what that is. What? Surf.
1: Well, I think if you're into Arthurian legend, you'll know that it is constantly a problem of, like, why can't magic fix this? I think that is the plot of many of the Arthurian legends. Anyway, why can't magic fix this, but it can't fix that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I know that there's a problem with Merlin's schooling. We get to that. We yes. get to that. But first off, we're having... And he, he does explain to Archimedes, I plan to use every trick in the book, and... uh, You know, War, Arthur, whatever you want to call him, has this massive imagination. So the idea that Merlin can turn him into these things that he's dreamt about, what it would be like, is exciting. And so he's trying to get him on board, essentially. Yes. So he turns him into a fish. Let's just get to it, right? Yep. Because I love all these bits. The fish isn't my favourite animal, by the way. It's interesting, this bit. A few dodgy moments. Can I bring those up to you?
0: Yeah, okay.
1: He turns him into a fish on land and then has to catch him to put him in the water yes could have stood him in the water couldn't he yeah
0: because he's that, gonna that, end that, up
1: soaked anyway
0: that would have been smart would to have been say smart. just stand there in the shallows i'll I, turn you into a fish it
1: really does considering this is like a 12 year old boy that he's in charge of dice with death
0: yeah so got so far turns him into a fish on land that's not safe tell me the other things you uh flag are dodgy yeah the other red flags
1: well, that he lets him fight a massive pike on his own as a lesson—that's true. Again, he's really dicing with death for this poor kid. Mm-hmm. He does get trapped in a helmet, yeah. which doesn't help. But he was already prepared to let Arthur go on his own.
0: Yes, which is dangerous. Yeah,
1: and then the other dodgy bit comes before the pike. T- this massive pike turns up where they're singing their song. They're singing the song. Um, for every two, there is a fro, two and fro, stop and go. That's what makes the world, the world go, go round. They swim through some long grass, and it and it, and they start like enjoying it. And so Merlin's like, let's swim through the long grass again. It tickles, and I was like, oh, I'm not okay the with that,
0: dirty old man, Merlin. <laughs> it's you, it's a
1: bit dirty, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: I don't think I'd have that now.
0: I don't think you would know. There's a few bits on this that, that didn't jump out at me. There's a bit later on that really jumped out at me and I was like, that's not okay. You can't you can't say that. But
1: can I tell you uh oh, before they even get in the water though, we've missed one of my favourite things ever. On. Again, this film explained comedy to me, right? Remember Archimedes has been out flying the night before to get the message to get the message about the tournament. And so he's very sleepy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's uh, and Merlin's bothering him. He's tapping on the head to get in. He wants him to tell him what the fish formula is, what the spell is, because Merlin can't remember anything. And Argabeth is grumpy. Merlin turns to Arthur and says, when he stays out all night, he's always grumpy the next morning. And Arthur says, he must stay out every night. Great line. Yeah. Merlin really appreciates it. He said, I say that's very good. <laughs> it's a... It's, uh, an occasion where something is like actually a joke that one of the characters has said to Mm. make another character laugh, which you don't get that often. And it just blew my mind as a kid that it's so funny because you see how grumpy this character is. Oh, he's always grumpy the next morning. He must stay out every night then. This is comedy, Will. (laughs) I, I cannot tell you how. And also, because he's an owl, Will, owls always stay out every night. It just—it's this joke is so good.
0: So many levels.
1: So many levels. We also get a sort of redemption for Archimedes because when he sees Wart struggling, um, because he's pretended that he doesn't give a monkeys what Berlin is doing with this kid, when he sees him struggling, he goes to save him. So he's actually in the water swimming along, trying to catch hold of of Wart so he can, you know, fly him off, you know, to safety.
0: So we've had his first experience then of. Living life, seeing life differently. Yeah. I mean, I do want to ask what lessons Merlin's hoping to... Imp- I mean, he, he teaches things like... I think there is a good lesson in terms of, you know, brains against Brawn.
1: Well, yeah, because he fights the pike and he gets that bit of arrowhead and shoves it in the pike's mouth. Yep. He swims through a small chain and the pike gets its mouth stuck in there. Mm-hmm. So he is, you know, winning against the pike, but you can't go doing that forever and then it's really it's on merlin that he forgets the spell to turn him back so yeah even when faced with a you know a larger more you know well-equipped adversary you can use your intelligence
0: yes absolutely on board with that does leave him almost too long to yes in, in jeopardy all of this is for naught if he dies because he gets eaten by a fish
1: well yes i agree with that obviously yeah
0: that yeah, you know, and we've already established this is a dangerous time. You don't need to go looking for additional danger to prove a point. No. Now the next one, the next lesson. There's a moment when Merlin leans down to Wart and says, "Have you ever considered being a squirrel?" <laughs> I don't know. It feels like he's kind of like softballing it in there. Of like, did you know I could turn you into a squirrel? Like, you've already turned me into a fish, mate. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if you could turn me into other animals.
1: He's being the naughty uncle now because, like, Walt got in trouble for being a fish. Mm. He got assigned these demerits, which is why he's now scrubbing the the biggest pile of pots and pans you've ever seen. Oh yeah. seemingly endless kitchen full of dirty plates and um, whatever so yeah he now he's he's like your your like naughty uncle or grandpa who says oh don't do your homework come on let's go out and buy some sweets that's Mm -hmm. what he's doing now he is tempting him into you know uh getting into more trouble by saying, have you ever considered being a squirrel? We just cut straight to Watt having the time of his life as a squirrel. Yeah. He's he's bouncing along these branches.
0: I'll be honest, if I were a squirrel, that's what I'd do.
1: I think I would be much more the Merlin type of squirrel. <laughs> cautious. Where, cautious from like, hanging onto the main tree and then like testing the branch. And then we see Merlin do all that, trying to give Watt a lesson in, you know, look before you leap and whatever. And then, because he's so hesitant, he nearly falls down a tiny little gap. That's me. That's me as a squirrel. <laughs> but the squirrel scene is my favourite. Yeah. Everything about the squirrels. The two lady squirrels. Every, I, I've said in this film it taught me everything I know, know about comedy, right? Mm-hmm. These interactions with these two lady squirrels, I think, taught me everything I know about dating and courtship.
0: Wow. Flirting. Okay. Everything. Wow. Okay, well, I
1: adore the lady squirrels.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm now trying to reconcile our dating history and married life with the behavior of these squirrels.
1: I really wouldn't let's break it down ha <laughs>
0: ha. I mean, so so yeah, so they are both squirrels, and so we've had the previous one. The fish is dealing with conflict. This one is dealing much more with love. with with love and with people and and emotions. Um, because well, this, not
1: people, they're squirrels.
0: Okay, well, it, they're <laughs> two of them are people who are now squirrels. But uh, yeah, so there's there's a young female squirrel who takes a particular shine to who
1: is adorable. Very I think adorable. she's adorable. Yeah,
0: she's adorable. She gets
1: in his way, and she's like <laughs> has no lines. That's an
0: excellent squirrel impression.
1: Thank you. Um and he's uh, and and Merlin and Arthur can still talk. So he says, Go on, go on, you've got lots of room, you can go past me. He you know, he's only supposed to be like twelve, isn't he? So he has no idea what she wants from him.
0: hmm And Merlin but, finds this all very funny that he sort of explains
1: Oh, oh he thinks it's hilarious yep. when Arthur can't get away from this girl squirrel and he goes, Oh, and a redhead at that funny to me. And she <laughs> she raps um, I had red hair when we started dating. I'll yep. just throw that in. Yep. Anyway, she wraps uh, her Arthur tale. up in her tail mm. and she gives him three little kisses. Yes. Uh, which he doesn't want, which is wrong. Yeah. You know, just in case anybody's keeping yep. count. Uh, you shouldn't kiss people without their consent, even if they are squirrels. And, I, and Merlin says something here which I don't know is true that uh, he says squirrels mate for life?
0: Yeah, I don't know that to be true. I feel like I would have heard that.
1: I feel like I've heard it about swans and I've maybe
0: lobsters. Penguins.
1: Penguins.
0: Penguins. I think lobsters comes from friends. I don't know if that's, that's actually true. true, that lobsters mate for life.
1: They don't seem that friendly, do they?
0: Well, I think the problem is whenever you see lobsters, they're in a tank about to be cooked and eaten.
1: Aren't lobsters so the ones that never die? They just they just get too large? What? they like age and they get larger, and they wouldn't die. they just I don't know they just get eaten <laughs> 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 I've learned <laughs> at some point well, I've learnt a fact about lobsters, and I've taken from it the lobsters are immortal, and now <laughs> I can't really remember the details.
0: I mean, I really wanna know if that's i the thing is, I think I have heard something like that before. I, I've heard something about that about some animal that yeah doesn't just just grows to a point and then basically its body is too big to actually allow it to move for its for its organs to support it so it dies. Mm. But I don't think that meant that they were immortal.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure they're not immortal. But I can't unless, remember the actual uh, fact. Uh, certainly
0: immortal unless they're eaten, like oh. the, like like Highlanders, but with butter sauce. That's
1: yes, yeah lobsters I don't know I don't know what the fact was but I know I learnt something somebody out there knows they then are going all about the place you know Arthur's trying to get away from her and he gets all involved with this bird you know steps on her nest and she's like tapping him on the head and you know he's trying to get away um, but he ends up in the nest with is it a squirrel's nest?
0: Yeah. a dray squirrel's dray
1: I thought it was a badger
0: no badgers have a set
1: badgers set fox
0: warren no, foxes have dens, yeah. Foxes have dens. Rabbits have warrens. Squirrels have drays, yeah.
1: My God, we took a lot from Farthing Wood, didn't we? <laughs> yes,
0: did you maybe. have nature
1: lessons when you were a kid?
0: Um We we did. When I was at primary school, we used to go there was there's a there's a, a wood at the top of the village where I grew up, which f- had an oak tree in it that famously Charles II hid in. Allegedly. After the, seal, after the Siege of Gloucester. Yeah. Um, well, it's famously, that's where it is. It's recorded oh, cool. that he went okay. into this wood hidden he hid in an oak tree. Okay. To escape from the Roundheads, And then, you know, long term it didn't work out well for him. No, no. But on the way there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep, hid out in an oak tree. Um, but we used to get taken up there and they had like a little copse um, where we'd go and they'd do that thing where you have, they'd give you like a hula hoop and they'd say, put it on the ground and then you have to draw your circle of ground. And also record all the living things that are in it and write down right, what they are. Right, yes. So we used to have to do stuff like that. Because it was a copse and basically most of it was just like, you know, the muddy bit under a tree, it's like, well, there's not much living here that we can see. There might be a worm.
1: Yeah. No, we used to do this, but just we didn't leave the premises. Just had to do it around <laughs> the back of the school building. Where there was some grass. It was like... 18 cigarette butts, um, <laughs> dog poo. Heavy
0: smokers are your primary school. Frazzles
1: packet, you know, that's, that, that's all that would be there. Anyway, right. Yeah. Much as I love the pretty, young, innocent girl squirrel, my actual favourite character is the big fat squirrel. <laughs> the big fat lady squirrel who's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, I think when we... First meter, um, Merlin is singing the song about love, and he's going, most bemuddling, most befuddling thing. And she's got hold of him, and she's like, oh! <laughs>
0: Yeah, whereas like the the young ingenue squirrel it's yes. like, you know, doing like sort of darting back and forth and the matching and the eye contact and then yeah. like wrapping up in the tail and a little chase. She just grabs Merlin's tail and gives it a good old shake. <laughs> yeah, she does. Grab his tail, give it a good old shake a few times. And he hates it. He does. And it
1: it's obviously
0: problematic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <coughs> I think people think, well, this is not a good depiction of relationships. But again, they're squirrels in 1963. And I just love it because it's so funny
0: to me. I mean, the thing is, you say they're squirrels, but also you did say five minutes ago, this is where you got all your knowledge about dating and courtship yeah, from. Yeah,
1: <laughs> i tell you exactly what it is, right? It's when she takes his tail yep. and puts it behind her head like it's a sort of showgirl feather. Yep. And she goes, oh, <laughs> that's it. That's it for me. Yep. That
0: was it. <laughs> And it's his reaction, madam, madam, madam. I'm an old man. I have And there's a there's a there's a sad note when he says that he goes, I'm an old man.
1: No, I don't think it's sad. I think it's he tries telling her so many times, and then it's just it's just resolute.
0: There is a brilliant line he says because when uh, water's calling out for help with this, and um,
1: oh god, Merlin yes. goes, oh god, yes, I love this. You've got trouble. Look at my. Look back there! (laughs) That's when she does the showgirl head feather. (laughs) And she's like,
0: I really want to know what he was gonna say after my like, (laughs) look at my old battle axe here.
1: That's exactly what he was gonna say.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. It's like,
1: yeah. Oh god, I just love her so much. You know I you know that when I chase our dog And try to get cuddles when the dog doesn't want to cuddle me. That I do the sound of the fat squirrel from sorting the
0: Stone. You do. I hadn't placed it till now. That's exactly the noise you do.
1: (laughs) I I thought you knew what it was.
0: I knew the noise. I just hadn't placed it. That
1: specific character. Oh, amazing! If I can do it right now, I get all excited, don't I? Yeah. And I'm like, Penny, Penny, Penny. <laughs>
0: that's it you do do that
1: I mean that's what I'm doing will
0: yeah that i, I now now the thing is now you've uh, that connection's restored in my mind that's that's always gonna be the image I have is that squirrel with the you, you should
1: because I would say i i would i would say I feel I relate so hard to that squirrel the oh. fat lady squirrel and always have done <laughs> i've ne- I've never thought of myself as good looking as that the young ingenue squirrel never been in that top tier of women and i'm honestly okay with it all right okay i've just never have been at that level i've always related so hard to the big fat middle-aged squirrel (laughs) and i love her i love that she just she's just like she's a sex pot she's she's a sex pot and she doesn't care that he's just an aged you know, kind of scraggly looking old squirrel. She's just like, I want it, baby. I want and some she strange. And shakes, she shakes his tail. And obviously that's not a good... It doesn't translate exactly to people. Like, you should, you know, be respectful of people's boundaries. But again, she's a squirrel, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> I don't think... I I do not think... I think, I think it would be problematic if they made it exactly the same way now. Mm-hmm. But I... I love it, but speaking of the young Andrianou squirrel, yes, this girl, she really deserves better. She deserves more because she, like instant attraction to Arthur as a squirrel, is willing to fight a wolf for him. Right? The wolf has got him on the ropes. You know, Arthur's trapped in this log, tail trapped in a bit of a log. The what the wolf's about to go in. And she goes and and bites his back leg. So a a squirrel willing to fight a wolf. And red squirrels are very small. You don't realise because you only see grey ones now. Willing to fight a wolf for him. The wolf, you know, goes off or whatever. So she gives him a hug. She's so happy. You know, she saved him. She's so in love with him. And then he changes back and he just laughs at her. And she goes off to her little hole to cry. And you just see a uh, uh, like single tear go down and a... oh, It's so sad. It's heartbreaking. It is. She deserves more. I would like a spin-off, please. Uh, either Merlin turns her into a human and she's Guinevere, or just them two as squirrels. He gonna... just goes, I was happier as a squirrel.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, why doesn't Merlin... Merlin, we know, has already he already threatens earlier on to turn Archimedes into a human. Yes. And Archimedes has the gift of speech and the 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 mind you know is a genius intellect right which we presume Merlin's had something to do with, okay why can't Merlin turn that squirrel into a into a human and she becomes guinevere
1: right well, I guess he's twelve, so it might be a bit early for him to meet Guinevere, although at the same time I think they did get married about twelve back then
0: how old is do you think the female squirrel would be? If turned into a human. In squirrel years. What do you mean... Right. What do you mean squirrel years? You are turning into your father. No. <laughs> right? I know you don't want to hear it, but and I think when I talked about this before, we did a quiz at your parents a couple of Christmases ago. Yeah. When we were around there. The question came up, at what age did Dolly the sheep die? Yeah, I think so. And your dad thinks about it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then goes, is that in sheep years? Yes. To which the obvious response is, what's a sheep year?
1: <laughs> I don't know. What's a
0: sheep year with you? <laughs> Doesn't work
1: as a joke, if I had to say it. Um, no, but I mean, as a squirrel, I think she's probably like two, because I don't know how like old squirrels get, but, you know, that probably, that seems right, right? She's a young squirrel. Yeah. But as, like, if she was, her behavior was translated into a human. Yeah. I think she'd be more like 14 15. Okay. Cuz I think she acts a little bit older than him.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean that that's fair. So that's that's a reasonable age. Group. I mean if you said to me like she's going to be like 27 but like no, then you definitely can't bring her back as a human.
1: No, no. I don't think she'd be like she'd be like Jessica Rabbit, she'd be like oozing sexuality.
0: I I don't know. I think if you if you if you did that with the other squirrel, yeah. Um, cuz as we all know No,
1: the other squirrel I think would be like um Madame Thenardier from Les Mis, Mar- you know the master of the house in yep. Les Mis,
0: the wife. Oh, really? Okay, I've, I wouldn't have necessarily gone there. I think. I Where would you have gone? Well, I, I think I probably would have gone more down Jessica Rabbit route because she's the she's the sex part of the. Uh- uh,
1: she, she's a sex part, but I don't think we're meant to think of her as sexy. Will? Okay. I think you've misunderstood. That.
0: <laughs>
1: I think we're meant to think of her as like a right old, you know, like a lush.
0: Yes, sat okay. at the
1: end of a bar, going "Hello, sailor." <laughs> that's how I view her.
0: Okay, I mean that's a, that's a movie I'd watch. Turn both those squirrels into humans and follow them around.
1: Oh God, yeah, like Thelma and Louise. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that with those two squirrels. Yeah, that a squirrel Thelma and Louise. That I would watch.
1: I never thought we'd be pitching that today.
0: No, but there we are. That's what's happened. So. We've had this now, so he's he's been a fish and learnt about conflict, he's been a squirrel and learnt about humanity.
1: Love. Why won't you say love?
0: love? He's been a squirrel and learnt it's about love. It's
1: complicated. Love is
0: complicated. Yes. So what's what's left to learn? Well, this is this is where he, he we have the next animal he turns into which is where he turns into a bird, to learn... I'm not sure what the message here is when he's a bird. No,
1: well, the, you've, you've missed some steps there. Because what actually happens is, after they come back from being squirrels, he gets into a lot of trouble, mm. because the cook's shouting, oh, the kitchen's under an evil spell! And Kay and Ector go in and try and fight the plates, rather than just going, oh, we need to get the, you know, Merlin to stop this or Yeah, but
0: even if they'd stopped for a second and thought, well, yeah, it is under a spell, but the plates are washing themselves... Mm. which is a labour-saving device. Do- if we can market this, this will be worth a fortune. This would be a gold mine.
1: And there's a confrontation between Ector and Merlin, and the cook gets involved. She also throws her weight around, which I also like, and she says, if I ever catch you, and he just says to her, Madam, you won't. And so he disappears. Yeah. But then Wart is so protective of Merlin now, he stands up for him against Sir Ector and you know, says, oh, you you won't let anybody do anything. It's got to be your way, the highway, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so they take away the thing that, you know, Ector's saying all those tender merits, but it doesn't work. So he takes away the thing that is really important to Wart, which is he's going to be the squire for Kay. Yeah. And they say, oh, Hobbes will be the squire. So...
0: You hear that, Wart? Hobbes is going to be Kay's squire.
1: Yes. There's a little moment between Merlin and Arthur where Merlin's apologising. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I've got you into trouble now. And um, Arthur's all upset. And he says, no, no, it's not your fault because I shouldn't have popped off. And Merlin, I think, must have gone to my mum's school of motivational speaking. He says to him, you're in a great spot. You can't go down from here. (laughs) So that's trying to pep him up. But anyway, because now what has been relieved of his duties as the squire. He's got plenty of time for learning. So, you know, Merlin talks him into devoting himself full time to these studies Mm. and he does this big, like... Speech. He's t- talking about the world being round and all these things that are going to be invented. He's got little models of planes and um, steam trains and whatever. And Archimedes says you can't go learning history in reverse. He'll be wearing his shoes on his hands because he'll be so confused, which is a fair point. Yes. That None of this is helpful information. So Archimedes says, I'll teach him, right? Yeah. And the first thing he says... Is read all these
0: books, which is which, arguably not teaching.
1: Well, which you know, a lot. I think a lot of us got taught that way. We should yep. you know, go and read a book, and we um, that's when we realise you can't even read. So, you, when you said that um, Merlin's lessons lacked something. You're right, because you could probably have started by teaching the kid to read and
0: write. But equally, I think that's quite astute of Merlin because he's thought, well, I could, you know, I need to engage this kid immediately because he's already skeptical about this learning thing. His his ambition is to be someone else's servant. So I'll start with practical lessons. Yeah, You know, do the old um, what's-it school technique and, and you know, just actually the Waldorf school and teach them practical skills like how to survive a pike attack, what to do if you're confronted by an amorous squirrel. You know, <laughs> these are all practical life lessons you can apply to, to every situation.
1: Yes, exactly. You
0: don't need your ABCs in those scenarios.
1: No, you don't. What what good would that have done in nothing? I mean, nothing. If, if
0: you're fighting a, a vicious creature, you're not going to get far writing a stiffly worded letter.
1: No, indeed. Well... There you go. So you've come round to Merlin, have you?
0: Yeah, I mean, in terms of, as a starting point, yes. I think then then it's okay, if you are going to start introducing concepts like powered flight and, you know, locomotion and, and all sorts of things in the modern world, then, yeah, you're going to need a bit more grounding in some things.
1: But, basically, because Archimedes has taken over the teaching, Merlin's annoyed and because he feels like he's lost this round. Mm. So, He's letting Archimedes teach him to write the letters out, but he, secretly he's planning to get, you know, Arthur's attention back. Yep. So he finds a model plane and he's like, oh, you know, man will fly someday because he knows that this is going to excite Walt's imagination. Um, but unfortunately, in his demonstration of the uh, the plane, he gets his beard caught. Again, beard humour, love it. Yep. The beard goes right around the propeller. And so as he throws it out of the, the window, it's all caught up and it just goes, nosedives straight down into the moat, mm-hmm. which Archimedes is pissing himself. He says, man will fly, all right, just like a rock. <laughs> he's he's killing himself.
0: He's rolling around, clutching rolling his Rolling around
1: eyes. and um, he's absolutely dying of laughter. But then we see, you know, Arthur's sort of like dreaming, you know, oh, I do hope so, I've always dreamed of flying. That's when we get the secretly turning him into a bird. Yeah,
0: just the little twitchy fingers and, and secretly turns him into a bird.
1: Yeah. And then, but Merlin hasn't learned anything from this exchange, because so he still tries to explain flight.
0: Yes, in physical, in, in terms of like aerodynamics and lift and physics. Yeah,
1: here are the primaries on the feathers. And yes. He's essentially mansplaining to a bird how to fly. Yes. Because Archimedes is like, no, I'm going to take this one, thank you. I
0: happen to be a bird. Entirely fair and reasonable. Get a bird to teach a bird how to be a bird.
1: So we see them flying, and, you know, Wart takes to it like a natural. They're, they're enjoying themselves. Doo-doo, doo-doo, you know, he's skimming down, knocking the dandelions off. Mm-hmm. It, it all looks beautiful until a hawk,
0: a wild hawk, appeared <laughs> and, and chases after him. And. You know, Archimedes is telling him to to fly and he's whipping through, like, thorn bushes and stuff to get away. Yep. And um, all goes great until he's getting away and then he crashes through a chimney.
1: There's another, whoa, what, whoa.
0: Yep, from a bird this time. As he comes down and lands completely covered in soot in a chimney where we meet one of the great evil characters of all time. The
1: greatest, I don't know, I wouldn't even say she's evil. I just think she's a legend. I think she's my role model.
0: Yeah, okay. I love her. I this, this I know.
1: This is the Madam Mim part. Yes. The magnificent, marvellous, Mad Madam Mim. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent name. Excellent descriptor.
1: Oh, can I just tell you everything I love about her? Do it. So, he's coughing because he's a little bird and he's got all the soot from the chimney in his beak. She goes, sounds like someone's sick. How lovely. <laughs> I adore it. Oh, dear. And Merlin has told... Arthur, that he's the world's most powerful wizard. So that is what Arthur tell. You know, she says, "Who turned you into this?" And she says, "Merlin, world's most powerful bungler." Yes. She has no respect for. Her. See, Merlin could go about saying, "I'm a wizard," but instead he says, "World's most powerful wizard." So I think she's right.
0: I think that's a trope, though. If you're a wizard, you have to say you're the most powerful wizard in the world. Yeah. I don't think any wizard ever got ahead in any kind of fiction by saying, "I'm a wizard." Yeah, I'm all right. I also
1: adore her approach to, let's call it body positivity, mm-hmm. because she says to um, little uh, wart, "I can make myself uglier," and he's sort of blurts out that would be some trick,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is harsh. Yeah, but she is ugly or whatever. But she turns herself into like big pig snout, and, like you know, really and says "boo" and really scares him, okay. right? And then she says, "I can be beautiful," and she. Gives herself, and you know, gives herself this like incredible hourglass figure, um, long purple hair, silvery voice, yes, long this purple kind of hair. Look dum, she dum, has dum, dum, dum. Dum. Yeah, and she says, "But it's only skin deep." Zim Zabrin Bim, I'm an ugly old creep, <laughs> right? Which means, well, mm-hmm. think about this for a second. She can choose her physical appearance. Yeah, she can choose to be beautiful. She could choose to be beautiful whenever she like. You know, sees someone. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't, because it doesn't mean anything. So she just, sits about being ugly, playing games, and not seeing anybody because she doesn't like people. In what way is this not me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, mean, I love her. I I, I love the fact, that, yes, I think she does change, when she does that beautiful bit, she's on like impossibly tall stiletto heels. Yeah. And then changes into like com- Who can be comfortable asked? flats. This is it. Yeah. I think she she values comfort highly. Yeah. Which we all should. But she
1: she knows any, like, you know, thing people f- feel about her appearance is just bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I just love that about her. I love everything about Mad Madam Mim. Um, And then she goes to him, oh, I'm afraid I'll have to destroy you. <laughs> I'll give you a sporting chance. I'm mad about games. See, simply mad. And so she turns herself into a cat and she gives him the most, you know, feeble of chances to mm-hmm. sort of like get away from her, but she catches him and Yeah, she loves games because it's like a dance board and she's playing Patience and whatever. There's um I I don't know, I just love I, I just love these little details about her.
0: Yeah. Well she throws him like a dart into the board. Yeah she does. She lands yeah. beak first in the in the board. Um fortunately Archimedes has seen all this and has gone to get Merlin. He saw meantime.
1: as soon as yeah, Walk dropped in there, he realised it was Madame Mim and he he went off to um get Merlin so Merlin appears in a big whirlwind I'd like to have seen that conversation between them though Uh, of like you know well this is your fault this is your fault (laughs) anyway or maybe they just took it really seriously like when there's a you know an actual emergency they were just friends again No,
0: they still had like a bicker I think they did they definitely had a a bickering argument over whose fault it was
1: anyway when Merlin arrives she gets straight down to the point. She says, want to fight? Want to have a wizard's <laughs> door."
0: Which is something that you say to me on a regular basis.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think people are going to think that it's weird how obsessed I am with this movie. Because I do genuinely say that to you all the time. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: And it doesn't mean anything, does it?
0: No, no, it doesn't at all. You will, But you will square up to me like Madame Mim does when you say yes. it. Yes,
1: yeah, I'll square up. If, when I want to square up to you yep. for no reason.
0: <laughs> that's, what you'll, that's what you'll do.
1: I'll say, want to have a wizard's duel? <laughs> and then I'll make myself laugh and then that's it.
0: <laughs> but they do have a wizard's duel. So she sets the We can rules. say
1: jewel the rest of the time. Yes, jewel. It's duel. It's, jewel.
0: Yeah.
1: it's just she says, wizard's duel? <laughs>
0: And I like that. So they have a wizard duel. She sets the rules for it, which are um no animal or mineral. No, no no vegetable or mineral. No
1: vegetable or mineral, only animal. Only animal. No disappearing. Yep. Uh no make believe animals like all pink dragons.
0: Yep. And then he said he adds one rule, no cheating. Yes. And she goes fine, and then they turn and walk ten paces, though she disappears, yes, immediately. she cheats immediately, yep, and again, for-
1: very much like me. again. fortunately,
0: to- he's got Archimedes and, and walked to to cheer to say, "Look, she's cheating, yeah, so
1: they try and help
0: yeah, this wizard's duel, though is just a brilliant little bit of
1: oh, it's amazing isn't back
0: it? and forth, so basically they all change into various animals to try and outwit, so I can't remember exactly what the start is. Um because I think she
1: No, I didn't write them all down. But
0: there's an escalation. So at one point like she, she's like turns into a rhino, yeah. he turns into a goat, he's a crab. Um that's it like she's a snake. We oh my god, there's there's so many. There's she's so a chicken many.
1: at some point, he's a walrus, he falls down on her, then he's a little um like caterpillar and uh yeah, there's there's all sorts. It goes on for a long time, but it never to me drags.
0: No, no, no. Because at all. they're
1: quickly changing all the time. And so yeah, in the end she turns into a dragon, mm-hmm. which is her she's like, What did I say? No purple dragons.
0: Which um technically she didn't. She said no pink dragons.
1: Yes. Is yes. it that way around?
0: Yeah. She says pink dragons at the start and then she says purple dragons. Yeah, but she
1: said no Mate creatures like. So we yeah. know she's cheating. We know she's cheating. Yeah. But anyway, he Turns into a
0: germ, though. Yes, well, she accuses him of disappearing and being yeah. a cheat. And he goes, I've not disappeared. I've become very, very small.
1: I'm very t- tiny.
0: And I'm a germ. And you caught me, Bim! And, <laughs> yes, it's a rare disease that makes her uh, go very, very hot and then very, very cold yep. and then come out in spots. Break out in spots. And then sneeze very violently. Yeah. And she ends up tucked up in bed with an ice bag on her head and a thermometer and all these green and... um. Like, red spots all over her face.
1: Yeah. And he says the cure for it is lots of sunshine.
0: Yeah, so pokes a hole in the roof. I
1: hate horrible, wholesome sunshine. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) Yes. Have you ever had something which brought you out in spots like that?
0: No, I haven't. I have. Have you? What did you have?
1: Don't know. I genuinely, right, I've got a very long history with doctors. People don't want to hear about it. But um, this is the one time that I've been... And they genuinely really tried to help me, right? Okay. Because most times I go and they're like, oh, because you're fat or whatever. Uh, you're depressed. Just, just go home. Um, anyway, I broke out in spots and they were round, perfectly round red spots. Like, well, sort of dark pink. And they were about, um like, the size of a hole punch hole all over my arms and my chest. And I went to the doctor and it was the one time where she like couldn't deny that there was something wrong. She, and they did some tests, and they, you know they weren't anything. She literally got her books off the shelf, which wow. I thought were for decoration. Wow! And was trying to look them up.
0: That's when you know you've got some weird shit there. Yeah. And they actually have to go to a book.
1: Yeah. And then um, she said, "Oh, it's probably stress." Because she was like, what, "What? Are you stressed?" And I was like, "No, no." And she's just like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, oh, "I'm doing my A levels." She's like, "Oh, it's stress." Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And, um, but I wasn't like, I was studying for them. I wasn't like actively doing tests. So she was like, but um, don't go to work or mix with people for a little while until they go. And I was like, oh, right. That's, is that a good cure for stress, is it?
0: <laughs> I'd love you calling them out. It must be stress. In case it's contagious stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In case it's highly contagious mutant stress. We've all got
1: highly contagious stress. Haven't we? <laughs> and yeah, they just went away.
0: Wow, that's very weird. That's very weird. I mean, I think trying to the only thing I've ever had that probably maybe come out in spots is chicken pox, and I was too young to remember. Um,
1: oh, I had that really late, so I remember it really well.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Awful. See, so, yeah, no, I know I because
1: all day people would be like, "Oh, you're itchy!" Like I am now. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> like all you're thinking about is don't th- don't think about how itchy I am, and then people would be like, "Oh, you're really itchy!" Oh God.
0: Oh man, wound me up. So we, so now with with Mim, he's seen Merlin at the height of his powers. Yes. He's seen Merlin, and he's seen Merlin do stand up for what's right, stand up for rules and for fairness and fair play, and you know a little bit of sneakiness, but not breaking the rules. A little bit of sneakiness, but not breaking the rules. This
1: is where we get a little sort of sad bit, really, isn't it? Because the person who replaced him, Hobbs, who replaced him as the squire for Kay, comes down with the mumps. Mm-hmm. So that means Wart gets his big chance to go to the tournament and be the squire for Kay again, and he's excited. Obviously, he gets you know a little outfit for it, and he goes to show Merlin, who's his friend, you know. Yeah. And Merlin says it's a fine monkey suit for polishing boots, and he's he's all angry because he's like, oh, "I thought you were going to do more with your life because I'm educating you to do more." But I think what Wart says is really really fair. He says you don't know a thing about what's going on today, this is a big opportunity for me in my position. And um, Merlin, as the adult, handles that exceptionally well by saying, blow me to Bermuda.
0: And it shoots off like a rocket. I have a theory, though. Yeah. I have a theory this is all part of Merlin's plan. Do you think? I do. Because, for one... Hobbs comes down with the mumps. Who have we just seen in the last little bit? Can spread disease without anyone knowing about it. Oh
1: wow, Merlin! Now right? you're getting the inside track.
0: So we've, so we've, he's taught him about conflict. He's taught him about love. He's taught him about doing the right thing. Yeah, and he's talking about standing up to bullies. Mm-hmm. And now he has to teach him to stand on his own two feet and work by his own. So he can't do that when he's around because he knows if he's around, he's just going to come running to Merlin when there's a problem, which he already does. Mm. You know, so he's he he. Gets Hobbs to come down with the mumps. Yeah, you know a disease that I'm not sure people had heard of in the fifth century. Then he, yeah, then he removes himself from the picture. He get first off, he gets Arthur to stand up to hit Wart stand up to him and say this is important to me. Then he removes himself from the picture, leaving Wart no alternative but to go along with Archimedes. She's got Archimedes there to give him a little bit of advice, but yes. not to be the savior. And um, they go along to the tournament, and all is going well. Until Walt realizes he's left Kay's sword at the inn. Yes. And he's like, ah no, I need I need to find I need to get the sword. And Kay goes, You better go get it or don't come back at all. What? So he goes charging off. The inn is shut because they've all gone to the tourney. And then he he's going past the churchyard and spots the sword and Spots the sword. Spots the sword and goes, Ah, oh, I'll grab that. Goes up to it, little beam of light, little heavenly choir of heart oh, as he reaches yeah. out to it.
1: And Archimedes says, well, better leave it.
0: Yeah, Archimedes says, leave it alone.
1: Yeah. So this
0: again is another test of, okay, is he actually going to listen to himself, listen to his heart and the chorus of angels and say no? This And mm. he says, no, I've got to do it. And pulls it out of the stone Yeah. and goes charging and goes, here you go, Kay, I've found you a sword. Yes. Goes, this isn't my sword. And then they clock... What's written on it, and they go, oh, "It's the Sword in the Stone." Sir,
1: the director says, uh, uh, "He sees the inscription on it. He's right, like, oh, you know, the Sword in the Stone." And that's that. Can I just say, mm-hmm. this is where a very important character comes in, right? And he hasn't; he's not named in the film. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen it many times, you wouldn't necessarily know his name. But his name is Black Bart. Right. Yeah. And he is sort of like one of the crowd, but the most important member of the crowd, because as soon as Sir Ector says it's the Sword and Stone, this deep booming voice comes out and says, "The Sword in the Stone? It can't be right." And I've told you this film, and you know, especially Merlin and Archimedes taught me everything I know about comedy. The squirrels taught me everything I know about flirting. Right. That Madam Mim taught me everything that I want to be in life.
0: <laughs>
1: black Bart taught me everything I wanted in a man. <laughs> because he is he is large and in charge. <laughs> <laughs> he has a powerful black moustache.
0: He does, he does.
1: And he's, he's got a, um, a presence over the rest of the crowd. Yes. And he... He's very fair because this whole scene descends, right? So, basically, you know, they're sort of like... People are realising that it's the sword and the stone. They say, stop everything because this, you know, will affect the tournament. They were going to give the crown of England to whoever won it. Yeah. But if the sword's been pulled, that would, you know, trump it, basically. So, they go back to the churchyard and replace it so that, you know, war can demonstrate this miracle because, obviously... You know, they thought it was a test of strength and very strong men have tried. And so this scrawny little 12-year-old boy, no one can believe, would would pull the sword. And Kay, obviously, being a bit of a lug, is like, anyone can pull it once it's been pulled, but tries and can't.
0: Yeah, they replace the sword and he can't get it out. And then more people there's, are trying and more like people are trying. There's like
1: four of them trying at once and Black Bart steps in because he's got a sense of fairness and of leadership. And he says... Hold on, that's not fair. And Pelennor is also, he stands up, because he really doesn't like Kay, we know this. Um, He says earlier on, you know, Sir Kay, King, what a dreadful thought. Despite the fact that he's, you know, friend of the family. Anyway, he says, let the boy try, and Black Bart says, That's what I say, give the boy a chance. (laughs) I cannot do how deep his voice
0: is. That's what I say, give the boy a chance.
1: It's quite good, but it's even deeper than that. But he is... Famously one of the deepest voices ever. I've I've mentioned him before. The yes, guy we talked
0: that about him when we did The Brave Little Toaster.
1: Is, um, oh, yes, he's in that. Phil Ravenscroft. Ravenscroft. And he was also Tony the Tiger and did that song. It's a mean one, Mr. Grinch, that song, the original recording of that. Mm-hmm. And it, it has a legendary low voice. Yes. Anyway, um, What's the lad's name? And so... Uh, they say, oh, you know, Wart. Because he demonstrates the miracle.
0: Yeah, you know? he pulls the sword out and everyone's like, <gasps> "And um, This
1: boy is our king.
0: Yes. And they say, Wart, and they go, uh, no, Arthur. Yeah. Hail Arthur, King of the Britons.
1: Hail King Arthur. Long live the king. Anyway. And Sir Hector, he, he bows down to him and he has to sort of remind Kay, like, Kay, bow down to me, Kay. He goes,
0: oh, I'm sorry, boy. And, uh, yeah, Hector is um, he's, he's apologetic. He, he's contrite.
1: He is, yeah. Would you Do you think you'd forgive him? Because Arthur does immediately.
0: That's because Arthur's been taught by Merlin and Arthur is a good person. I think, I think, I, I. I you know, I, I don't know. I'd like to think, yes, I would forgive him. I'm quite a forgiving person. Yes. But um, I know you wouldn't.
1: No, I wouldn't. I would have my revenge.
0: You I mean that is the kind of thing that a tyrant does.
1: Yes. It's lucky I don't have more power. I would not forgive. But I don't really believe in forgiveness. So I think very rarely do people regret what they've done. They only regret being caught or, you know, having to face the consequences of their actions. So I don't really believe in sorries.
0: See, I find that a very difficult position to reconcile with. Well, yes,
1: because you apologise all the time and I don't accept. (laughs) I know. It is quite a difficult position, but no, there isn't a but. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only but is, uh, but I'm not willing to change.
0: Dear, oh, dear. So Arthur is now king. He's in the palace. He's got the crown, which is too big for his head.
1: I always find that, like, that part. Obviously, I get very excited to see Black Bart, even though he's only there for a few seconds. Um, but I find that so brilliant. And then this, this is such a sort of like I don't know this last scene. I never liked very much. I I think it's a perfect movie. Mm. I love everything about it now. But I always felt a bit sad with this last scene.
0: Okay, tell me why.
1: Well, firstly, you see him in the thro- on the throne with a huge you know crown he's been given. He looks tiny, and he just he's completely. overwhelmed by this situation yeah because he's still a 12 year old boy yeah archimedes is with him and he's and he says oh i'll run away and he tries and he opens these huge doors and like a wall of sound of people shouting you know hail king arthur knocks him knocks archimedes and him back into the room so he can't get away and so he says i wish merlin was here and you hear him calling merlin merlin and merlin does come back from back from Bermuda in the twentieth century. Now there's, some, there's something in this which is quite. Why does he need to time travel to go to Bermuda?
0: It's one is to sort of take him. It's it, again, it's an evidence of his powers that he can see what happens in the future, and he's gone to the future and come back. It's a nice. He's got little, Bermuda shorts on. Yeah, it's a nice little visual gag that he's wearing Bermuda shorts and a vest and
1: sunglasses and sunglasses
0: and flip flops. You know, and it's just, uh, and also it's a little tie into. This is the thing I think. If you're the kind of kid who goes, well, if Merlin can do anything, why doesn't he go somewhere better? And he goes, oh, I've been to the 20th century. You can keep it, yeah. Um, and decides to stay there. But I think this is the thing. I like this little scene because it's this thing of you know, yeah. What's on his? he's stood up on his own. He's made his. He's yeah. He's made the action which has made him a success. He's fulfilling he's his done destiny, that, yeah. And he's done that on his own. But now Merlin's back, not as a a leader, but as now an advisor, as someone to give him support.
1: Yes, I understand. I just—I never really liked it because the other things that he says are, um, y- you know, Arthur's trying to catch him up, but Merlin already knew it all. As you, you know, expected, he says, you know, um, King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table, and you know, Wart says, oh, Round Table. So Merlin says, would you prefer a square one? Which is a bit, I don't know, on the nose for me. <laughs> and then there's another little thing where he says, oh, yes, you'll be famous. They might even make a motion picture about you. Yeah. Um, And he's like, motion picture? Oh, yeah, it's something like television, but without commercials. Which, even as a very small child, I wasn't happy with that because I knew I was watching a film, mm. right? I, I don't think any child... Doesn't understand that they're watching films. They might think that you know, like I, I, I think they understand.
0: I don't think you need fourth wall breaking. I didn't want the fourth wall broken. No, I don't think you need a fourth wall being broken in a kids in a kids film.
1: Uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't need that last line. That I think might be the only thing I might change. Yeah, because other than that, I think it's such a perfect film, and it's just uh, it speaks to me on every level. Every sound line, character. Everything that happens in it, I adore.
0: Well, there we are then. I mean, that almost answers the question for itself. Liz, the sword and the stone, how do you like me now?
1: I think this is one where like some of them I've been back and watched.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and like if you watch like Snow White and Cinderella, you're sort of like, Oh god, why do we like this so much? Like it's good, but it's like, what why were we so obsessed with this that it's lasted all these years? You know, this is from 1963, and there are you know earlier ones. I think Snow White's like 37 or whatever. Mm. But yeah, this one, to me, is not one of the ones that's talked about as being one of the best. But it's one that just grows on me all the time. Like I've always liked it, but the more I watch it, the more I almost enjoy it, and I just, I just think it's brilliant.
0: Well, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think is it's. it's, I I, this is the thing. I this is one that yeah, I've watched, as I have a lot of Disney's watched it many times over the years, mm. this one, I feel, is endlessly quotable compared to some of the other classic Disney films. Yeah. you know, And I'm not talking like classic, like the sort of Little Mermaid, Aladdin kind of era, but, you know, the, yeah, the 60s and backwards. That this one is is endlessly, has these great little lines and, and things in it, and little jokes mm. that, you know, yeah, yeah Snow White and your Cinderella and your Sleeping Beauty don't have. Yeah. That... You know, even though it is a still a, you know, it's it's an it's an old legend, an old you know myth that um, that he that Walt Disney loved to make those films of. This has got a lot of a lot of a lot of written jokes in it, rather than like physical humor or you know silly characters and that kind of thing. But actually, a mm. lot of funny lines in it.
1: We didn't actually because we didn't talk much at the start. We didn't really talk about why we picked this, but this is our ninety ninth episode. It is so. We've been telling you to get excited for the 100th episode next week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which we're very excited about. Very. It's going to be our most—I don't know—interactive episode ever.
0: Yeah, I think so. There's there's a lot of things we're we're doing around it. It is an absolute classic of kids TV. We're doing Art Attack. We've, we've already said we've that. already said this, but we'll say it again.
1: So anyway, we wanted to pick for our 99th episode. We want to pick a movie special, and so we picked something. I genuinely, you know, I've always loved and you know it's one of your favorites mm-hmm. although not in the same way as me no i f- i feel this is like you know it, it's it, it lives rent free in my brain that's what the kids say
0: i think this thing if, if you're looking for like a movie to sum a person up like oh yeah this is this is you this is yeah. you as a movie is is sword in the stone yeah there's and it's fantastic and you know i i think it's it's just this is just a great great film always fantastic to watch you know
1: I was talking about the tiktoks earlier
0: yes you were talking about tiktoks earlier
1: the, there's a the, a tiktok trend i believe that's what they call it okay of showing a picture of like this is what i fancied like when i was a kid and this is what i ended up with uh as like showing you know somebody you had a crush on and then showing your like current partner and like, i i really want to do that with you and black bar <laughs> <laughs> so i think i think people will see i've done well for myself
0: Thank you thank you yeah. I uh, thank you. I mean uh, yeah I, I think I think yeah, thank you I'm, I'm going to take a big compliment. Good, big you compliment. should,
1: yeah, I what? don't want to see the reverse. I don't want to see what you fancied as a kid <laughs> next to me, I don't think there's any comparison that I'd enjoy
0: well uh, then then okay we'll we'll leave it at that just me and Black Bart compared. Good
1: I really enjoyed doing a proper old school Disney movie. We haven't done one before. We have not, no. So I'm glad that we got one in before the 100th episode. Doesn't mean that, you know, we can't do one ever again. Um, There's there's plenty more that I would like to do. But, um, yes, 100th episode I'm excited for. I hope everybody else is excited.
0: Absolutely. And we'll be there next week with that. Until then, Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please tune in next week for our 100th episode. Until then, bye.